I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Lone Star House of Design, a showcase of amazing design and architecture from the great state of Texas. This episode features big color, global influence, and if you love art, this is for you. <laughs> With work that can be found from California to Cape Cod to the Caribbean Islands and beyond, Sherry Hayslip is a Dallas-based designer with a truly global perspective and an amazing gift for luxury design and art placement. I've been doing Lone Star House of Design now for um, probably a couple months. It's an offshoot of Convo by Design. I've been doing Convo by Design for seven years now. The, oh, yeah. the podcast focuses on design and architecture, really with a, with a Southern California perspective. And mm-hmm. having lived in Dallas for a total of nine years, I am a huge fan of all things Texas, and especially Texas design and architecture. And I've always, I've always felt like Texas, even, even with all of the wonderful things that, that come out of the great state of Texas, when it comes to design and architecture, it's still kind of a flyover state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think people realize. And, you know, it's it's definitely uh, pockets of it that are really superb. You know, I've worked a l- around the country and, um, and in other countries, and I haven't found better architecture than the best here or better construction than the best here. Now, there's some that's not the best here. <laughs> but um, when you're working with a top architect and a really quality builder, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and your work, I, I think, is is fantastic. Before we, we get into that, I kind of wanted to ask you, though, with with everything that's going on, not just since since the coronavirus, but which which, by the way, has changed virtually everything about the way we we live, work and play. But um in light of that and the civil unrest and just everything that's going on, how are you doing? <laughs> it's funny that you ask because um, several years ago, uh, I guess around four years ago, my husband and I sold our, what, what I guess we would call our big house, but other people might not think it was so big, but in a beautiful neighborhood in Dallas, I don't know if you know it, Greenway Parks, and we've lived there quite some time, but uh, we also own the property in Uptown where my office has always been. And it's, it's a historic district, you know, on Fairmount. And so there was a carriage house, a two-story carriage house that was built around 1900. And then the house was built from 18... Oh, gosh. Is that missing you up? Okay. Um, it's our ring. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so it's an older neighborhood, but it's right in Uptown where the action is, so to speak. And so we moved into the carriage house, and I still maintain my office. And until he passed away, he maintained his office in these two buildings, um, as well as live in the in the carriage house in the back. So the corona wasn't as bad for me. The, the shutdown hasn't been as bad in one way because I sort of work at the office. In the other way, it's been pretty lonesome because everybody else was working remotely, you know, and so I was used to having people around, and um, they were all, you know, we were trying to protect everyone. So that was kind of just getting a little bit better because people were coming back, we're distancing, we're doing all that. Uh, And then the civil unrest hit, and actually, in Dallas, I don't think it's been nearly as bad as many other places so far, knock on wood, but... um, 
it actually has affected uptown and right on our street and the streets around me. And so it has been very unnerving. (laughs) And I have to say that I totally, totally, I'm a fan of the protest. I'm totally a fan of the, um, you know, the breaking down all the windows at Whole Foods and looting <laughs> that's three doors away from me. <laughs> so uh, I would say it's definitely affected my psychology as far as being able to focus. But uh, this, the, the unrest, because it's so complex and, I, you know, there's so many emotions that are involved in it. Uh, you know, because it's such an awful, awful, awful thing that happened. And um, and yet, you know, not all police are bad either. So it's just been such a complicated situation and a little bit frightening. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm like, not exactly in the line of action, but close to it. And, you know, many, many, there are people who live in this neighborhood as well as work. It's a unique kind of zoning situation. Uh, but there are also a lot of big, you know, there's a lot of development. Like we're very close to the Crescent Hotel and the Stanley Korshak and, you know, a lot of hotels and, th- and you know, it's in business uh, office buildings. So um, it's it's, an, it's a neighborhood probably in transition, unfortunately, away from its historic character and into more of a city uh, sort of scape thing. But in the meantime, there are, there are, several of us who live and work here and there are a lot of people who have their family offices here and the historic houses and all of that you know it's really a nice little alcove and i hope that it's not you know in the line of fire or whatever happens because of course that would be heartbreaking for us but also you just don't want to see that kind of destruction happen yeah, no, it's true, and and through that, you so know, it's shaking me. I'll, I'll have to say that I'm not I'm not that tough that it hasn't affected me. But it, a lot of people have have said, uh, you know, have offered me opportunity. You know, I can go and stay with my kids, or um, I can go and stay with friends. That many friends and even clients have said, come stay with us. You know, they're in a, in sort of the quiet areas, and but I want to stay here. I want to, you know, I want to be here. And so it's it's kind of exciting in a little bit of a scary way. Yeah, no, I I totally get that, and it's it's interesting because through through all of this, this has been this has been the most challenging year. Um, oh my gosh! Well, for me, last year and this year have been unlike any others in my whole life. I think. I mean, I I almost equate all this to the the unrest well i mean i'm old enough to have been around in the 60s and the 80s you know when they were having the riots but at the 9-11 i mean it's as upsetting almost as that uh but before that the virus and the there and the tornado that hit dallas you know i mean it's been a i would say the last 12 or 18 months have been pretty pretty rugged everywhere not just here but all over the country and even the world yeah, no, a- absolutely. And I, I have found that many people have, have taken to, with, you know, through the stress of it all, it's where, where work used to be something that was, you know, ha- that you had to do. Work has become, in many cases, sort of this, this respite, this, this vacation from, from the daily stress of, you know, I- illness and, and being locked down. And what I've, oh, gosh, yes. what I've noticed... <laughs> Go ahead. That's so true. And for me, that is normally it. I will have to say that um, normally I just consider, I had a client once who was extreme in Nashville, 
very, very, very successful. And, um, you know, on an international scale. And they had a fantastic art collection that we were, when we were, I was doing their house there. And um, it was like, you know, really wonderful to learn. They had a, a major American art collection and they phased it, you know, they styled it in each room through, so it gave a progression through the years and the development of American art and all that. It's so interesting. But I asked um, the client one day, I said, what, to what do you, Oh, your success. Is there a special thing that you feel like was a catalyst or something that really got you in the right direction? And he laughed and he said, yes, a bad marriage. <laughs> he said, I escaped to work. Yeah. He said, I love work with my escape. And I just put my whole energy in it. And probably if I'd been more satisfied in my personal life, I might not have devoted myself too much to it, so much to it. So I guess there's that silver lining. And, and I, um, I think if there weren't anxiety, I would love just going into, you know, because we have wonderful projects right now, which fortunately have not been stopped. Wonderful clients, an unusual group of clients that I just totally love working with that we're getting to do some wonderful, special things. Um, But it does, like, a night that normally I would just throw myself into designing some detail or something, now I'm, like, watching CNN or watching the local news to see, oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> so it's a little distracting, but um, but otherwise, yes, I agree. Her work is very healing, and I am not a person who separates work from life. I think work is part of life. Yeah, and I love to to blend them. I mean, I, it doesn't bother me to blend them. No, and and you yeah. know what you know what's fun too is this has given this has given me an opportunity to go back and to do some things that I haven't and I and I I've heard from others the same idea it's given me an opportunity to go back and um and do some things that I I haven't really had the time to do for quite some time one of those is to actually go back and this is why I was one of the reasons why I was so excited uh to speak with you about this because I I really I do have this fondness for for Texas and Texas design and I've spoken to so many designers from Texas um, and I just I love how I love what the state is 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 morphing into. And I, I've had a chance to go back and look at websites and on the websites, you know, designer websites and, and look at blogs and check out their social feeds, not from recently, but, you know, to go back months or even years to see sort of the, the progress of things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and I I've loved being able to go back and look at some of the things from from actually from your blog on on the website, you know. Thank you. And some things that I I found was interesting because it's kind of it, it, it's kind of a disconnect. One of the things was uh, your look back at an AD ad on gla- uh, piece on glass houses. Oh, the glass houses! That was one of my very favorite things. I was with the uh, um, DLN, the Design Leadership Network. Yep. And there was there they had a their you know annual thing in New York, and there was a side trip, and so a small group of us went to visit the glass house, and it was so um, it affected me so much in so many ways, and it made me so <laughs> reflective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I thought that was very interesting. And then, uh, not too long, I don't know if it was before or I don't know exactly when that article from AD came out, but that allowed me to reference that too. So that if anybody was interested in my blog and they wanted to see what ID had to say about it, 
I think I think that the glass house represents something quite deep in design and something that connects to us on a on a lot of different levels that's not just a building you know it represents so many things like art culture the way of looking at life the you know all kinds of things about you know how people would feel living in it or being around it and it also expands the boundaries of what architecture can be and uh so i think it's a very interesting house and the fact that philip johnson was the architect is very interesting to me too uh, there's a wonderful architectural critic in Dallas. He's actually, um, he's had a Loeb Fellowship at Harvard. I mean, he's, he's of a national quality uh, architectural critic. And his name is Mark Lamster. And um, he wrote a book on Philip Johnson. It's, I think it is very, it was a, didn't win a Pulitzer, but it almost, you know, I mean, it was a very highly respected, won some prizes. And he talked about Philip Johnson and included something about the glass house. So I, I even have a snow globe of the glass house. <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah. No, you know what? It, seriously, no, I just think it's, it's an emblem to me. Yeah, no, but seriously, I, I've noticed that when you know when when designers, architects as well, but when designers you know pick up a knickknack, there's there's generally some some deep meaning tied to it. Hmm. You know, that's, it's, that's really true for me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I, and I, I'm not, it's, um, I think I'm slower than a lot of other designers because I don't like to go to, um, well, to a wholesale supplier and fill the house with accessories. You know, I like for them to be collected one by one and have art value. And I like them to have meaning for the client and, even books, you know, I don't think they should be by the yard. I think they should be of subjects that are of interest to the client and represent represent their kind of culture. You know, I don't mean you know with ethnic culture. I just mean like the the what they're interested in. I mean, if they're car collectors, fabulous books on cars. You know, but not buying just a whole bunch of decorating books or. What's anathema to me because I'm a bookaholic. I have thousands of books, but um, what's horrible to me is when they rip the covers off or they put them in backwards so they put paper overall. You can't see really what the books are. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, that's decorating, but it's not a library. So that's interesting. You know, it's it's one thing to view design through through the lens of a of a of a highly sculpted edit versus really putting the the forethought into it uh, at the at the beginning of it and and doing everything by curating it individually that's it feels like that's a that's a lot more work in the process well i know that um many of my clients whom fortunately i've had for many years which is a comfort to me in these days of changing changes you know so many changes in the business but I think that they appreciate that because what I'm trying to, I was a philosophy major. And so therefore I'm trying to be sure that it's not just pretty, that it is beautiful, that it lifts their spirits and, you know, amazes them even, but that it also connects to something that gives them a deeper pleasure. And that's not always, I mean, it doesn't always have to be so, you know, uh, esoteric or anything like that. It could be just re- if they support the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> you know, have some <laughs> Cowboys. But, I mean, it's not that hard, but it's just not all, uh, 
buying everything at once and having it coordinated and sticking it in there. You know, I think I, I tell the story. I, one of my most favorite, so many of my favorite projects, unfortunately, have not been published or even. I mean, we we have our own photographs, but we've not been allowed to publish because of security issues for the clients. And a lot of people say, oh, how can you stand that? You work on it so long, and then you don't get to show off your work. And it is, you know, it's it's upsetting, but over the years I've gotten used to it because I kind of like having that little private thing that I know, you know. And then a lot of people see it, and the clients are generous, and they say, but for their own security reasons, they don't want it published. And uh, But anyway, in one of those rooms, my very, very favorite room is their library, and it's magnificent. It is, my husband designed it, and he was a fantastic architect, and uh, it has a two-story high room with a gallery at the top, and it has a ceiling, a huge skylight, I mean, like 20-foot skylight dome, oval dome that has, that we had an artist paint the constellations and uh, with a black background it's really really spectacular and um in it everything is just perfect i mean it's the, the best of the best period antiques or but there are two things or else there are the you know new made by an artist unique things really beautiful but there are two things in there that i especially love and one of them is the desk the first desk her husband had when he was first had an office it's an old Kittinger desk, and it would not go with the, you know, 18th century fabulous globes or the, you know, the 17th century, whatchamacallit. But it's so great because I know what it means to him. But even better, down by the fireplace, there's a very tall uh, cinnamon-colored wing chair that is a little bit, you would think that you'd want to rip. I mean, it has a little bit of wear and tear. It's not, you know, it's a little bit eccentric looking, but it belonged to her grandfather. And to me, the fact that in this otherwise perfect room, almost too perfect, these couple of things that are could be considered disjunctive if you were looking at it from a pure design point of view, but if you're looking at it from the heart of the room, I think that they're so important and so special to me does it does it frustrate you though in talking to so many designers i'm curious the part of the part of design that is publishing there's two parts to it right the the first the first the first the first part is um part of the business because you want to secure new clients in many cases, or to or to demonstrate the work for the for the sake of the firm, the other part I, I don't want to necessarily call it ego, but as an artist, as a creative, as a creator, you want to show people what you've done. And, Absolutely. And in many cases, there's with the with those particular clients, there is a little frustration because you're you're not allowed to, for security's sake, for purposes, or or your clients are very private. Mm-hmm. What is what is your philosophy on 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 publishing and getting the work published? So interesting that you ask that because editors have asked me that. You know, Carrie Kravitz. You know, the the owners of firms of you know all that. Um, in the beginning, I was frustrated and not angry, but um, I had a negative feeling about it, and I kind of resented it. But I tried not to show that to my clients. Um, 
it's not many, but they usually have a good reason, but not always. Sometimes they're just, they've grown up, they've always had wealth, and they just don't have any interest in people knowing what they have. And other times, it's truly a security issue, you know, and, uh, you know, or they may have a special collection or something, and are their security teams have said, don't publish. But so I've kind of, as I've gotten older and experienced it more and realized that it's not really had a negative effect on me that I know. I mean, yes, maybe if the, if, and there's definitely an ego factor in there because it's some of my very, very best work, I believe. Um, and some of my very best clients, but I guess I've gotten okay with not conquering the universe (laughs) it's like if i i have all the work that i can manage i've even tried to like focus on fewer projects and spend more of my energy you know like creatively and that's really fun for me after many years of having bigger firms and lots more projects that all at one time that really kind of spread you thin you know um i don't know i i've i've just sort of i guess made myself make peace with it because it's not we have a you know we have a arrangement like every designer does that in our contracts or our letters of agreement that you know we want the right to publish it for and that they would you know unless they permitted us it would be private but not everybody accepts a contract like that so you have to when they when they change it or they, their lawyer changes it you have to decide whether that project is worth it and sometimes they won't even sign a contract. <laughs> I mean, there. But I have one client in particular, and the one that I was talking about about the grandfather's chair. Uh, I first started working with them. I think it was 1991, and from that point, I have done their magnificent home. Still working on it. I mean, still doing things to it. Their vacation home in florida their son's home twice their daughter's home their i even did their daughter's home back in the town they moved from and their other son's home and their um, major business which happens to be in sports i did their you know their their offices and i did a lot of the actual structures and all that and all of that because i accepted that it wouldn't be published so you make that choice. I made that choice. And a lot of parts of it have been published, like the house, like the clients are well known in that particular case. And they have been photographed by W and Barons and all kinds of things. But And they have been photographed in the house, but not of the house. Got it. You know, so it's, it's like little bits and pieces show up and it's well known from their charity events and locally. But I just had to like, you know. I'm just not going to be Carl Lagerfeld famous. You know? <laughs> I'm just going to have to be that secret. <laughs> well, and uh, and then, I, but the joy of it is that I don't think I could stand it if they wouldn't, if they didn't permit me to do my very, very best work. You know, there are clients in almost every situation, the ones that don't want to publish, uh, they have means and they have experience in fine things and they permit me to do really wonderful work and unique work 
not cookie cutter work and that's and they they are willing to let me take the time too i guess they're they're used to waiting for their handbags to be back ordered <laughs> or, <laughs> or losing additional i don't know but um they you know so it, i've i've tried to find the compensations for it so my philosophy is you just have to you have to weigh the the trade-offs you know i'm not one of those people and i've heard many designers friends who say well if they don't let me publish i'm not going to do it and i'm like i'm i'm glad i didn't make that decision yeah, yeah, and and that makes sense. And that being said, I kind of wanted to sort of take a a, a brisk, brief walk down the, your portfolio and some of the, some of the projects that you do have uh, okay. on on your website that that sure. are just are, are really striking for me. And by the way, I, I love doing this. And because this is a podcast, and because it's audio, I encourage mm-hmm. people to go to sherryhayslip.com, go to portfolio. Great. And and sort of walk through this with us. Um, the first one I wanted to ask you about is, uh, what was it, Art Lover's Dream? Is it what? Uh, I'm Art Lover's Dream. Okay, yeah. tell me, I, I don't have my, have it up yet, so which, uh, which one is that? <laughs> so, that's funny. Uh, describe it a little bit. It's Art Collector's Dream. Art collector's dream, and what's the first image? The first image is you're looking at what appears to be a living room, and you can That's see awesome. through it. You've you've got I think you've got Mao and you've got Marilyn above above him. There's just the. Oh, sorry, sorry go I, ahead. I totally caught you off guard, didn't I? You uh, well, so you're talking about your? Is it the one that has like Mao yeah. and Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, love that project. I do too. And that's an example of where those clients are beyond wonderful, and they are art collectors. I do, I do not select their art. They had an art collection when we started, and it's extremely unusual. And that has a, that has been a lot of fun for me because it's not the same safe, abstract, color field painting, you know. Um, but that one, um, the art collector's dream, yeah, that, they are wonderful. And it so happened that my husband, who is Cole Smith, was the architect of that house. And that was especially fun, too, because it was uh, while Cole and I had separate companies, um, it was always fun to work with him. But those clients, as you can tell, are collectors. So, yeah. So what was Did you have a specific question? Well, here's the here's the fir- here's where I first wanted to go. When you look at that first image, where you see mm-hmm. you see Mao and then you see Marilyn above, and you see all of the the pops of color from the camo art, and as a designer, when you see that, you're you're kind of being forced into a creative box because choices are being made for you. You know, with yeah. with all of with all of that that color and all of uh-huh. the imagery, you have to now sort of edit and tailor your your creative choices to that and i and i'm curious are you the type of person you're you're rolling with the flow or does it does it force you really to stop down and think and design differently uh well actually i don't know if i think my portfolio probably reveals this on a very deep level but i try to put myself in the mindset of the clients like almost like i'm I don't know. Maybe it's like method acting. I don't know what it is. But I try to see it sort of with their eyes. I try not to. I'm never judgmental. I'm always open to see, well, what is it that's unique about what they have and how would it be best to work with them to make their home 
representative of what they love and show off what they have. And uh, this client, um, they kind of knew that they wanted it to be a pretty neutral background because they knew their art was crazy. And they had some pieces. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a lot of pieces in that, but they let us do interesting things like you'll notice it's real stone uh, trim in those rooms, it's not wood. So they let us bring the stone from the exterior of the house inside into certain areas. And, like, you know, just have a few, even though it's neutral, it's got texture, it's got quality, it's pretty interesting. And so uh, we just kind of work together. And they're, <laughs> the the husband is a, an artist as well. I mean, he's a super international, his, his company, his family owns one of the biggest corporations with a lot of companies under it around, you know, ever. But, and then he travels constantly. I think his brother does the Western hemisphere and he does the Eastern hemisphere. So they're, but I mean, in both a little, so they are all, he is always looking from an artist, from his artist viewpoint. You know, he's not just a businessman. He's also likes to paint and all that. So yeah, we're. Uh, I knew it was going to have to be an artful house, and yet not comp- not compete with the art. And that's what I. That's one of the things that I noticed that you that you've done masterfully is it really doesn't it doesn't compete with itself um, with regard to the placement when when you have a have a client that has this much art. Um, do is there a consultant that comes in and says, "Okay, we want these pieces grouped. We want these pieces," or or do you really is that is that on you as well to sort of go through and place? Well, in in many cases, they do have a consultant, and I work closely with consultants and their and art dealers. Um, I really enjoy that. I want to. I have kind of a weird degree, and it's like with triple. It's a triple major, and it took me forever to get out of school. But <laughs> it's like my. My first husband said I majored in irrelevancy and minored in, you know, <laughs> trivia just because I, I spread myself so thin. And I that's learned why, a little about law. And that's but, why he's uh, the first the first husband, right? Yeah, the first husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why. The second yeah. husband wouldn't do it. But, uh, no, my second husband was a sweetie. But uh, anyway, but it was true to the extent that it did expose me to a lot because it was art history, literature, and aesthetics. Yeah. And so I was able to, uh, you know, communicate and appreciate a lot because of that. And while I don't have any scholar, scholarly depth in any of those things, I, I'm an appreciator. So uh, it is, it's fun to see all of this. And I like to work with art consultants. But because of that, I do have some, you know, art history background. And also through the years, I've worked with so many dealers. This client is his own art consultant, he doesn't really that I know of work with another one. He they they collect art, what they like and what they they need. I mean, you know, like what I don't know. He I don't know what his system is. It's different. Um, and so he and I that we work together to decide how to display them. That uh, he did not bring in a consultant. Many times the consultant actually is just as important as I am in deciding where each piece will be placed. Got it. In this case, like. There was really only one wall for that Peter Saul painting in the dining room. I mean, it's it, and I wouldn't necessarily have selected a Peter Saul which shows the rape of South America <laughs> or the American continent. <laughs> you know, uh, shows like their like disembowelments and things like that. It's a fabulous painting, but um, 
<laughs> I probably wouldn't have put that in the dining room, but they were happy to do that. I mean, that's where they wanted to put it, and I, I guess they'd had it in their dining room before. So it's it's a it's a pretty controversial thing, and if you cover that up, you can see the room is pretty conservative. Yeah, that's the wild thing. Yeah, um, the next one I wanted to to move over to because I I'm fascinated by this is your ranch retreat. And oh yeah, let me go back to that. So the the cover image is basically looking from the from the back end through the shower. This bathroom, yes, yes, is, is magnificent to me. And I wa- and you. I and I wanted to start with the shower. Obviously, you did too because that was the that was the first image. But take me through the mechanics and the architecture of the the way you you designed sort of this this particular room and this shower is just stunning. Oh, thank you. That was really fun. It is at a it is a at a ranch with a for a couple that has a number of ranches, and this is one where they have music festivals once a year. They kind of like have you know it kind of grew and they so it's a it's a place they're not there all the time, but they wanted it to be really really nice because it's one of their favorite locations. And so what's interesting, and again, this is not always the case, but Cole was the architect, and it was fun to work with him on it to work out these details. But I was recommending this beautiful marble, which is, I can't even remember the name right at the second, but it has a feeling of turquoise in it. Yeah. And they, you know, it's a southwestern situation, and I just thought that was pretty appropriate. Uh, And they have a little collection of uh, vintage blue bonnet pictures, which I thought was sweet and fun, so... I wanted to provide for that, but not in an not in a main place where it would look a little kitschy. Um, and so I wanted to provide for that. I wanted there to be a place to sit so somebody could talk to somebody in the tub, you know. I was, and then also there's a, a sort of a secret garden outside this area, and that is what the shower is. There's a glass door to the outside. And then a glass door into the the rest of the bathroom where we put the fireplace, and that is the the whole structure was to create this sort of spa. Their master suite, while it's not large by Texas master suite standards, you know it's large probably for a little ranch house, but it, um, but it's like their retreat, so they can really get away and enjoy their home, even if there are a lot of people there for the festival and so forth. So that that was designed, and um, so everything in there was designed to be fun, refreshing. You know, there are TVs behind mirrors. There, there's the fireplace that they can turn on when they're in there. There's um, they what's not showing is they each have their own vanities, their own water closet, you know, potties, and so it's it's really a nice retreat for them. And the bedroom that you see there is off of this. It's uh, indirectly off of that room, so it's part of their their suite. So now, interesting, two water closets in in this in this one bathroom. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a great approach because from a from a functional standpoint, too, you get you get it's it's really a spa like bathroom. This room is just so multifunctional as well as being absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah, well we wanted to have room in the center for a massage table. You know, they didn't want to set up a massage room here. But they have separate counters, which are quite large and a beautiful dressing area, which doesn't show for her. They each have their own closets. They each have their own water closets. So even though they wanted to be together when they were dressing in the morning because they didn't get to be together a lot. And so rather than have totally separate bathrooms, we tried to make it so it was 
they have their private areas, <laughs> but they also have their communal areas. And uh, I think they really love it. I often hear from this, these people have many, many, many uh, properties around and even island, an island or two. And um, they're, um, her daughter, his stepdaughter, is a, a friend of mine. In fact, she used to work for me. And she says, Sherry, they always say that's a very, very favorite place. Very favorite place. And so that makes me feel good because, and I think if it is, it's because of the the, the uniqueness of the architecture, but also kind of the warmth of the spaces and the intimacy of the spaces, whereas a lot of their other places are really vast. Yeah, the um, the shower itself. I, I'm just I'm stunned by this because you know you've you've got five heads aside. Yeah, uh, a lot of water body. They we can have what we call a uh, storm shower. <laughs> <laughs> Having lived in Dallas, I li- you know living in Texas, I know I know what that's like. Um, I also see floor to ceiling glass. Is this a, is this steam as well? Is this what steam? In? Is it a steam shower? Oh yes, it's a steam shower. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it is. Um, who did yes, you, it is. Who did uh-huh. you? Who did you specify for that? Whom? Correct. You mean like what brand? Correct. Oh, I would have to look it up. Oh, okay. Just I, curious I if you knew. I, I think it's. I think it's magnificent. And I wanted to sort of turn the corner and uh, go. Into- I mean, like we only bought the mechanism. We designed the shower. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I think it's fantastic. Um, Turning the corner and going into the kitchen a little bit, I noticed that you sort of, you still have that same rustic theme, but Mm -hmm. that kitchen is unkitchen-like. It's it's beautiful, and you sort of took the same... The same lines, the same idea. You know, you still have that that heavy influence from the from the marble. I don't think it's the same, but it, it it's similar. And the stone mm-hmm. and the wood, it all it's just very very comfortable. Well, it's you are very astute, actually. Um, if you the the fellow is in the energy business, I mean, he's in the uh, oil and gas. You know, a lot of people in this area are. Or has been, and uh, he really, uh, he's a studied geology, I think, and I know, and he loves uh, stone. Mm. And so he was, one thing that doesn't show is that their bar, we have kind of a double bar. Remember, this is a lot for entertaining this home. And um, that's why the master suite is so important to them to have their retreat. But uh, he, so we, we got to use some incredible stones. And in the bar, which I see we should put on our website, uh, it, it's petrified wood countertops. Oh wow! Spectacular, and even the the mantle in the main room has got some petrified wood. But if you notice in the fireplace, uh, the over mantle over the mantle, which we designed all those mantles and every that has different specimens of marbles in it. Wow, that's amazing! So it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the the last project I wanted to go to, and, and by the way, I, I could. I could spend all day talking to you about your projects. Because, I, oh, I, well, and what I love too is is how different they they are. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you about this too because the next one I wanted to, to go to is Luxury Garage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's what's interesting. In, I'm, I'm wondering if this one stretched you out creatively a little bit because <laughs> this was this was a blast was it it was so funny because um the 
the home, the estate, is extremely traditional. It looks like a kind of a Cotswolds, you know, grand estate. It's like you drive through the park to get up. And so the, all the buildings of the house were traditional. And I um, wanted to use the same palette. They have a traditional palette. They're color people. I mean, they, they don't have a white house. They have got some, <laughs> you know, rich colors. Right. But in a traditional sense, very traditional. And uh, so in here, they wanted, I didn't think that, you know, like your, if you've got your McLarens and your Lamborghinis and your all of those things and your, uh, you know, the, your, your limited edition this and that cars, I didn't think that, you know, they wanted to put it in there with a lot of Jacobean stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really fun. So we just made it a secret gallery. And they wanted, they use it both as their car. We call it the car, the garage mahal, just as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see why. Yeah. But anyway, it was fun to... Um, really have a lot of input on the art. There was an architect who worked on it, um, you know, who had done the main house, but uh, it was fun to, like, they kind of let us, they did the structure and let us do the interior for the most part. And it was, it wasn't called, this This was a different architect, Richard Davis, in fact. But um, anyhow, the, uh, it was really great because we had a center entertaining area and then there are cars displayed on either side. And what you can can't really tell when you look at the second picture is that is a glass wall and the glass wall opens if you want to go in there just look at the cars wow so that happens on both sides and um so we just put art and use the garage area for a gallery and you can hardly see the garage doors but on the inside of the garage doors there's a big uh i think it was oh gosh if i say well, I won't say the brand because I'm not sure what I, uh, it was a, a gigantic mural of clockworks. So it looked like the mechanism and kind of inside of a machine that's on on the inside of the garage doors. And then elsewise, it's just, um, you know, the stone, the, the same stone that's on the outside of the building, but in this case done in a kind of contemporary way. And so we were able to make little seating alcove. We have this great bar. And there's a huge lounge area, and then there's a, a, a wonderful little kitchen, catering kitchen behind the bar, that, um, and a fantastic powder room, which doesn't show in here, that we really had fun with, making kind of sculpting it out of stone. So I enjoyed it a lot. I, I really did. And the um, it's fun to get to do everything. Like, we, uh, I wanted the bar to curve, and so we did it almost like timber but we put stainless steel between the slats you know and so it was just it's just fun to um create and the floor had to be something that cars could drive on so we <laughs> found some ceramic tile that we could use you know and then we did a barrel vault i always said it was like the kimball museum yeah <laughs> yeah well it's and in- then some really crazy um uh, an artist did the the ceiling fixtures um larson art class i think and um it was yeah, it was fun i i enjoy doing totally different things and the clients are a lot of fun too well what, what i noticed too and you mentioned it being similar to the kimball is i was tr- while we were talking i'm just stunned by this and i'm i'm trying to count all of the sources of lighting 
Be- <laughs> because in a space like this, with all of the glass and all of the artwork, I mean, you've got underlighting and overlighting, directional lighting, <laughs> in cabinet lighting, it, it, uh, you know, art directional lighting. It's just, it's staggering the, <laughs> the <laughs> amount of different sources of, of lighting. And I'm sure that it, every single one of them was, was necessary because they're all functional. How did you approach yes. that? Yes, I mean, and we did have some consultation on the car lighting. And then, um, you know, the, the big commercial, the lighting doesn't really show the way it does. And, and it's much more um, harsh in these pictures. I don't think that that's, I think that's hard to photograph when the lights are on. But we actually, when you're in the room, you're not that aware of the light because it blends with the, the finishes. You know, and it, but it's, it's, it, you're right. It's all for a specific purpose and to give the right ambiance very controllable. But I'm not a person who loves just thousands of recessed lights and stuff like that. But in this case, the lighting was tricky because of that barrel wall. And, um, it, it's, they use it as much for entertaining as they do for their cars. They love the room, it's one of their favorites. And now I'm actually redoing. A couple of rooms in their main house, um, especially their media room, to be a little bit more contemporary. They like it so much. I mean, they have contemporary homes, but this uh, they really do love that room. They love the, the garage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shocking to say, oh, yeah, I love my garage, but they do. No, I can totally see it. And it's interesting, too, because it's just, it's so fun as well. And, and you know, it's this... You go from, from the project we were talking about before this with, with the fine art and you mm-hmm. get you get to this project and there is still fine art but there's also comic book art and comic yeah. and comic yeah, yeah. book pillows you know i mean you've it, you, uh-huh. it's a blend yeah they wanted it to be bright happy and like uh, you know i won't say just a party space but they wanted it to be sophisticated which i think it is um and again not all the pictures are shown on the portfolio we should probably add a few but uh, you know there's a a pretty where you see Oh, do you notice that the um, the clothespin? Yes, I saw it. That was the okay. first thing I noticed. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And looking down into the vault, the Vera vault, um, at the end of that, where you, where the, you can see that there's a TV and a long fireplace, that area is pretty calm. And we have some wonderful art, you know, some uh, sculptural pieces that are sitting around on the table. And I found, when I, speaking of the glass house, in this house, on the table that you don't see in front of the fireplace, uh, when I was at the gift shop for the Glass House in Connecticut, I they had these electronic candles. They were like metal strips that stood up and had a little LED light that flickered at the top. <laughs> and they worked on a battery. And those are on that table, which you can see. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And they're really fun to um, to use instead of a traditional candle. That is that is so great. I love that. Um, thank you for for walking me through these. I, I think they're yeah. I think they're fantastic, and I and I think it it further demonstrates, you know, L A, New York, San Francisco, Miami. <laughs> it's it that's that's always where when you think of you know in the U S global art design architecture cities that that's what comes to mind first you know i don't even know i would have to look and see if you know how many um how many texas-based designers are you know an architects are in the ad 100 i i wouldn't imagine many and i and i think there are some very good ones <laughs> there are some i absolutely. mean but there are some great ones yeah but i mean not not 
not representative, I don't think, yeah. of, the, of the total number of, uh, of people who are doing remarkable work. And I, and I think that this is an example of that. And also, you know, the, the resources available, you had talked, to, we had talked a little bit about stone and the fact that, you know, this Austin limestone is probably one of the most amazing sources, you know, and it's all yeah. and it's all based in in Texas. So I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you do you do you find yourself using using that a, a lot? Well, I tr- I try to use indigenous materials as much as I can. I also like to use uh, craftsmen from Texas, all around Texas. Uh, not because I'm you know being a jingoist Texan. It's just because there are great ones around, and you know I have resources to find them. And but we you know I also work with craftsmen in other parts of the country. But uh, yeah, I I think we have an amazing amount of materials and, and resources. But that being said, I don't think there's a designer that doesn't shop wherever the material they won't go wherever it is you know to find what they need but yes we have beautiful stone Uh, a lot of it is from the hill country and it's fun to to be something it's it's it's, um also the surrounding states oklahoma arkansas they have great materials too and so it's it's a i think environmentally friendlier if you can use close materials you don't have to go so far for yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally agree, and and it's also, I, I think more of what I'm speaking of is is the fact that you know you are fully aware of of all of the resources that that you have in Texas and surrounding states, whereas I think designers from outside have have absolutely no idea, and that's not to drive everyone to to Round Top because it's certainly crowded enough, but I think <laughs> you know, that's one example. Of, uh, well, send those people to Brimfield. <laughs> okay, perfect. Will do. Um, but, but listen, I, I really do appreciate this and I appreciate the time. I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This was so Oh, great. I have too. And I really appreciate what you're doing and that you're highlighting Texas designers. There are so many that I, I think are so spectacular architects and designers. And, um, I'm really glad that you're doing that. I'm in a couple of those organizations where I get to be around architects and designers from other areas and I've, I've loved it, but I do agree with you that there aren't enough enough Texans represented in that. Thank you, Sherry. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you catch every episode of Lone Star House of Design and Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can follow the show as well on the social... You can follow the show on the socials as well at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram and check out the YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite podcast episodes. Thanks again for listening and until next week, be well and keep creating. Mm-hmm.